Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to The First Pencil with Kathy and Mike. My name is Mike the Car Guy. With me, as always, my way cool bud, wicked awesome car gal and friend of horses everywhere, Kathy Cruz. And I'm talking with a little bit of spring in my step, if that makes sense, uh, because I'm super excited I have a new mic. Mike has a new mic. So oh, we're doing this oh. show with a new mic, and I'm really happy about that. Ah, nice. Nice. What kind did you get? I, on the advice of someone I respect tremendously, <laughs> I got this uh, blue snowball. Yeah. Snowball ice is what it's yeah. called. Okay, great. That's what I have. I actually was, uh, I shared with you last week, uh, in driving um, quite a distance uh, recently to, to do some dealer visits, I was listening to our episodes of our podcast and I wasn't loving my voice. And, and that's, I mean, I'm sure no, everybody will say, I don't like the way my voice sounds. It was the, the quality, not necessarily the, the, the sound of my voice. I can take the sound of my voice. I just wasn't happy with the quality. Having listened to now other podcasts that obviously are professionally done, I was like, huh, that's, there's a real difference between my voice and, and you know, Eric McCormick's voice. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. sounds much better than me. So I, I invested in a mic and we'll see how it goes. That's good. What's new with you, my friend? How are you doing? I you don't have a new mic, but I'm sure there's something going on in your life. Well, I don't like my voice either. I sound, uh, I don't know. I sound different than what I think I sound like. It's weird. Everyone does, I think. Oh, I can't hardly stand it. Oh, uh, I, I'm sure extroverts have no qualms about that, but uh, yeah, it's weird. It's like, and then I think, wow, do I talk like that? Oh, it's, it sometimes sounds bitchy and I don't know. Yeah. I haven't heard any bitchiness. And I've known you for a long time, so <laughs> I haven't heard that part. Yeah. Well, it is what it is, man. I can't change it. I can't change it. <laughs> I come from a, a for anybody. I come from a, a a family of entertainers, and my mom she would sing and dance, and so uh, I can sing. Uh, I don't sing. I mean, I don't go out and sing, but um, part of singing for me is the exercising of your voice. And a few years ago, I had this awesome voice teacher and I don't have it anymore. And I was just thinking the other day, it would be so nice to have that back because I think all of us who, uh, maybe not so much that work in a dealership, but other people that are working from home, you know, you don't talk very much. And right. You don't get a lot of uh, your voice, your vocal cords don't get a lot of exercise. And um, I have to do uh, some speaking in, in the end of September. And I was just thinking the other day, like, wow, I should probably start singing something. <laughs> so, right. Um, They're muscles, right? Your vocal cords are muscles. And if you don't exercise yeah. a muscle, it does start to deteriorate over time. So, yeah, you may be halfway through a speaking session and run right. out. Exactly. I you have a fear that? of that. So... Uh, yeah, so that's food for thought. I'm going to definitely make some moves to get some, at least sing some things. I don't know what, but there's there's exercises too that he taught me. But anyway, yeah, so that's uh, what I've been doing. Um, awesome. And I know you've also been doing some stuff with Facebook. Yeah, uh, just to... Uh, well, if you'd like a status update on the Facebook ad situation, uh, it's a whole lot of nothing. 
uh, another week. Of, I didn't want to spend a whole bunch of time on it, but I did want to update from last week. We got into and there isn't much to say other than they suck. So, All right then. <laughs> they, I've gotten word salad emails. I've three or four, uh, and then one one over the weekend said, uh, "We're going to close out the ticket because we haven't heard from you." I'm like, "What? Are <laughs> you like, kidding?" Jeez. And then I got another one that said, we're working on it. We've got the team. We haven't heard anything. This this is something that literally less than five minutes a human could fix. And I'm just glad I don't have to, I don't have a client waiting for me or I don't have to do too right. much you know, with it, whereas other people do. But that's, yeah, so that's the update on uh, Facebook ads. And for anyone that didn't listen last week, it's I simply tried to just do a Facebook ad for uh, the Honolulu uh, fundraiser and they accepted it easily. And then they rejected it a few days later saying there was unfair business practices or uh, no, wait, unacceptable business practices. And yet it's the um, same image you've used that met their guidelines all these years. All these years. Yes. Same exact image. And so, and same, almost exact same copy too. And so uh, it, Long story short, uh, because they rejected it a second time because I had to make another ad, <laughs> they they disabled my ad account. So uh, I don't I don't know what to say. So that's that. Uh, Facebook sucks, but it's kind of like one of those necessary evils. You kind of got to be there, especially businesses, right? I mean, how many consumers check to see if this business has a Facebook page, and you were starting to share something before we started to record about a business that well when they don't want to take your money then you, what are you supposed to do right they're you're trying to give your money to facebook to spend and they don't want it so but anyway back to yes you're talking about facebook and yes i have um i'm just this is a kind of a, a lesson for everybody to just uh learn from maybe or just take 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 to heart and not let this happen um i think we've stopped this from happening uh but it could be it could have been an, a, a nightmare so i look at businesses facebook's their facebook page as an asset it is an asset uh if you're if it's very popular if you've got a lot of fans on it and you're, you're well known on a certain you know doesn't have to be facebook but whatever platform you're on you know, if you go to sell your business, that is worth money. And so I think a lot of people don't look at it that way. But um, so I think it's an I, afterthought to a lot of people that even it doesn't even come up until after things are done. Yeah. How many businesses have bought a business and then realize, oh, how do we get to the Facebook page? How do we get to the Google business profile? How do we get to the company's Twitter? Mm hmm. Yeah, I've been in buy sales, but um, those those do get addressed for sure. <laughs> um, I've been myself in a buy sale and then consulted in some, but they're those are things that you have to think about because they are, even though they're not on your property, they are your property for as long as the platform will let you be. <clears throat> so anyway, the I have a client that's. Uh, been on Facebook for a very long time, and they have a new vendor that requested all the logins for things, but what they wanted was the dealership's uh, ownership, Facebook ownership, email and login. So when you 
create a Facebook page, you, you create it through an email and a login. Okay. And then when you let other people manage your page, you go in and assign them as admins and that those, and there's other roles that they can have, but the editors, admin, managers, that kind of thing, yeah. the admin has, uh, as much, uh, access as the ownership of the page. So this vendor asked for the ownership email and the login and <clears throat> that, uh, they, they called me and I said, I, first I gasped <laughs> and, and there's a few people involved in the decision around this. And so I was trying to just, you know, help them not help one, one person kind of make sure, give her the terminology to, to share with the other decision makers, decision makers. And yeah, the other decision makers didn't care. They were about to give it up. And so I and the company is a big company. It's a it's a big company. And so when there's factors in this and you, when you've got a big company, you've got a bunch of people that are employees and that may or may not have training that may or may not feel good about their company that may there's too many variables in there for them to have access to that. The, the biggest thing is they don't need it, but uh, and because they'll have the same access, whether they have the ownership login or the admin login and, or admin, uh, they're considered admin. So there's that, but, um, but they were just about to give it away and she stopped and said no. And so, uh, I'm not sure where that's at right now, but I hope that it's worked out. But at the end of the day, so what I wanted to say today was, don't ever give anybody ownership login on any of your social media profiles ever. The reason that that company, I mean, I don't know for sure because I didn't ask them, but I'm just going to take an educated guess. The reason that they wanted it was so that they could go in and set up a business manager for that, for that dealership, for that group, and then run ads out of the business manager, which is what you should do. And in most cases, when a vendor takes on a client, they do, the client doesn't necessarily know how to create a business manager, right? And so they have to go walk them through it. And I have friends and associates that run Facebook ads, but they have different approaches where they will talk. To, they will get someone at the store and walk them through it. Uh, maybe do they share a screen, whatever it is, but they are able to, they certainly don't need the login for the ownership of the page. Also, Facebook gets, uh, I, I've tried to do this. I, last time I tried, it was just very difficult. Um, Facebook knows the IP address when someone does that and they get freaked out and you get a lot of warning messages. And even if you're able to get in, then it makes it hard for the other person, the, the real person that had the ownership to get back in. It's just, you don't wanna go down that road at all with uh, a vendor and and messing with the ownership of your page there isn't any reason take the extra time that it would be just a half an hour max to create a business manager which then will let that's the proper place to run ads from you can run ads from ads manager but the proper place is business manager and it gives you a lot more the ads themselves, I've been told by two experts that the ads run through business manager actually are better than the ones run through ads manager. And it gives you a lot more uh, data and uh, leeway. And uh, I think also uh, targeting opportunities, things like that. It's just different. And so 
all of that, I know that was a long story, but. Uh, no, but it's important. You got to protect your assets. Uh, you got to protect your yeah, profiles. Don't. Profiles should be counted as assets. Mm -hmm. I know of uh, a couple of companies I work with that, that shared some horror stories about a marketing firm. I won't name them, but you know, their specialty is, is creating business listings on all the sites, you know, yp.com, yellowpages.com, this site, that site, you know, Yelp, they'll do them all for you. There's like a list of 40 that they'll push out, but, and they charge $4.99 a month. But mm -hmm. when you do that, they create all these listings, they retain ownership of them. Mm -hmm. I've had companies that call me and say, hey, we canceled this company, but we can't get into our Yelp page. We can't get into, you know, yellow pages we changed the phone number or we changed this we have all these listings now that have inaccurate information and we we didn't create them so we can't get into them and it's a mess it's an actual mess and same thing happens with google analytics and google ads uh, some vendors will use their own and create an account for you and that might seem fine to the person that doesn't want to really know about it you know they just i'm busy i don't care well you never know what might happen and it you certainly for the vendor it keeps them tied to you forever and so that makes it so that they can raise their rates or do whatever they want uh i just don't like i personally don't like being in that position so it's much better to have your own a lot of the platforms have made it uh better for this kind of situation where where you just, just enter your enter own information yeah. and then uh they are given admin access. So, and these so. vendors rely on people not having the time and not wanting to educate themselves on the intricacies because it looks intimidating. So fine, I'll just pay somebody else to do it. And then they realize, oh shit, I've now tied myself and my destiny to this person. If I don't keep paying them forever, they're gonna potentially junk me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We tend to think in the moment, you know, oh, it's okay, right? Because it is, but all the things that can happen down the line, uh, it's just better. You you want to keep what's yours. Definitely. And, and in that flavor, we've talked many times. You know, I, I do all the time um, on Twitter, and I'm still going to call it Twitter. Never going to change that. Never going to change. I'll search dealer names, and you'll see six or seven, you know, Twitter handles with yeah. that dealer name or a version of that dealer name, and then you click it. And the last activity was 2012. And, you know, maybe it was a salesperson that started it. Maybe it was an internet manager. Somebody started it. They left. Nobody knows the password. So, you know, I, I just here recently, within the last three months, the company I work for purchased a company. And I'm getting access to all their social channels. And when it came to their Twitter, they're like, yeah, I don't know who set that up for us. If you look at it, it hasn't been updated. I go, yeah, it hasn't been updated for like three years. So, how do I get into it? You know, so then I got a right to Twitter and this it used to be if you had, you know, the company email, right. You know, yeah. Joe at abcmotors.com or whatever you could send them. Hey, I work for this company. The person that set this up isn't here anymore. I need access to it. Forget about it. now. It's just no. a nightmare. So we had to, you know, revise the name and start a new Twitter page only because I still see a value of having a, a, a business yeah. there, you know, I mean, and, so if you're going to do all these things and commit to a social campaign, that's one of the components that makes up. So I got a page that I've had to start from complete scratch, you know, because mm. that other one's just kind of floating out there and there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, I have a confession to make. I, I paid for Twitter blue. <gasps> yeah. You did, but it, it's for 
it's for information gathering. Okay. Uh, and so far, what a surprise. Musk is a liar. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> because he said, uh, Twitter, if you're a Twitter subscriber, that you will not see as many ads in your feed. No, no. I think I actually see more. Probably more. <laughs> uh, I pay a lot of attention to not just tweets, but the comments and uh, mm -hmm. on many subjects. And um, so uh, in the comment, the comment threads all the way down, uh, just even yesterday, there was, <clears throat> I would say maybe 20 or 30 comments and an ad every three comments. And that's not less than <laughs> what I was seeing. But I'm, uh, I'm, you know, with a newsletter that I'm, uh, you know, I started the newsletter. Um, there is a case to be made for for some marketing of it uh and some uh shall we say a good quality information from from me so like you know those those tweets that i put out that are just just text about social selling yeah so there's a, a school of thought where you do a thread of something like that it's almost like a blog post but it's in a twitter thread and so in my effort to, you know, learn more about marketing newsletters and uh, what other people are doing and how they're growing theirs, uh, they're do a lot of people are doing that. And so I thought, okay, well, I want to see the data. I want to understand. I want to see also if he's a liar because he is and <laughs> just prove my point. And then also this, this thing about newsletters. So that's why I paid. I just paid and, uh, but it's been a week or two and now yeah. I have a question for you. Since you're paying, I've been at, I've been wondering, since we're on the topic, for a time, um, the Twitter's analytics page, when you clicked it to open the analytics, it had um, a beta link that you could open, and it gave a lot of great information. Well, last week it disappeared. Are you able to see it? I with haven't your looked. Access? I haven't looked lately, um, but I can. Because last week I was compiling data and the beta button no longer works it just takes you back to the home page i was like are you kidding me oh. i started to really get some good quality info because uh, their analytics is real basic it's real shallow it's not really insightful but that beta yeah. page a lot more engagement clicks um adjustable timeline uh, at the top like okay. analytics is changing so click here for something yeah, uh, let's detail analytics on analytics twitter.com. Okay, so let me look. Oh, I actually do have something. Oh, is there a beta page there? Uh, it says, okay, so you go into, I'm on desktop, right? Mm -hmm. And you click more, and then you go to premium. And uh, mine might be different because I because I'm yeah, on mine just has Creator Studio and then a link for yep analytics yeah so in when you I have a tab called Premium and it gives me top oh. articles analytics and preferences so I clicked on analytics and it says new quote unquote and then it's got like a rudimentary I don't know whatever it's a, it's seven or days but it all looks great because it didn't have anything before because I wasn't paying. <laughs> and then there's a tab at the bottom, access your post analytics and an error and a tab to click on. And so I did that. And now, yes, I do have 
I do have an analytics. Um, uh, see, now that, that makes sense. They're making you pay for their analytics. Because mm -hmm. today, right now, when we're talking, I open up analytics.twitter.com uh, and it tells me you haven't tweeted this month yet. People yep. who tweet consistently throughout the month get higher engagement. And you know, as well as anybody that follows me, I tweet the shit out of stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks, guys. So, dude, it might be month. worth your while to, here's my thing. Let me just say this ahead of time. I don't want to give him a dollar. I don't want to give him a penny. Uh, I think his business model is ridiculous. And so does just about anybody who's smart uh, sees this as, uh, well, and the proof is that he's losing users and traffic and advertisers are gone too. So, and it doesn't matter what he says, look at what the real shit tells you, but uh Making people pay for their analytics is uh, against the concept of like you want people to come. That's so you can serve them ads. That is the you business. You want people to stay on your site, to rely on your site, to prefer your site. And right. he's making it more and more difficult to yes, yes. find a reason to stay on Twitter. And he's going if I to... for my account, that's still not going to give me access to the accounts that I manage. No. Their analytics. No, you'll so, have to sign up for like Sprout Social or something. Uh, uh, which you should, if you're, you know, I mean, I would trust their I data use, anyway, better um, than Twitter. I use Hootsuite to, to push it because oh, the company has but an Hootsuite, account. So. Sprout Socials are, are their, their analytics are better, but. Yes, there's, there's probably more comprehensive tools out there, but they're using this one. So I just got to log into this site and I have to use the tools that I have for work. So, but we make it work. Just I just, sucks. Uh, forcing people to do stuff is never going to work. So, um, but so I'm doing it for just a, an experiment. And well, you got to keep us posted. See, now you got more stuff to keep us posted on, yeah. and more reasons for people to keep tuning in to see yeah. <laughs> the progress of these things, so that they know what to do, what not to do. Right. Yeah. One thing I'll recommend to everybody that's listening right now: take a moment and go to each one of your platforms that you are active on and just search your dealer, your company, your business name and see what's out there. You may find something that's detrimental. You may find something that's, that's not good. You may find someone that nefariously created an account similar to your company name, just to put out some, some BS stuff that could be hurting you. If you don't search, you won't know. And you got to inspect what you expect. Right. Yeah. And further, if uh, I've been talking a lot about, with a, not so much on the on the pod, but uh, just uh, talking about uh, social media audits, and it's a good idea to to do them. So uh, that's the next step after just if you don't want to do it yourself. Yeah. You don't have time, or you're not sure where to even start. Reach out to someone like Kathy. Yes, we do them. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it was, uh, I was trying to think why I was, one of the things that was the catalyst for talking about is a journalist reached out and she had some questions. And one was, um, why is it better to, is it better, which is better to have a, one of the tools online to do a social media audit or uh, an actual, you know, person, consultant, auditor. And so uh, tools are great, but they're very high level. They, they're not gonna be able to give you all the information that you need. So they're fine, but just don't look at them as a tool to help you, not as the be all end all. So, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Great info that we've shared today. Mm -hmm. 
feel like switching gears. I love the car terms we use because, you know, first pencil is an automotive industry based pencil. We use a lot of car terms, switching gears, burning rubber, pedal to the metal. We're all about the, the car lingo here. Yeah. <laughs> Although I got to say, I'm the first one to just last weekend remind people, you know, when you're using car lingo, your industry has its own language. Uh-huh. Customers don't always recognize that language. You know, I heard a salesperson say, I'm going to have the sales manager book your trade. And the guy was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just said, you know, he's looking at you crazy because he doesn't understand that term. It seems pretty common sense to you and me because we talk it all day long. But he's, use a word like a praise. It'll, it'll make a bigger impact and it'll help you help him understand what's going on. Because he's not going to ask you things like little stuff like that because nobody wants to look stupid. No one wants to say, I don't know what's going on. When you say, I'm going to go to the sales desk or I'm going to go to the desk. I'm going to have the manager run a bureau and book your trade. He's just looking at you like, okay. Meanwhile, as soon as you go, the guy's like, what the fuck did this guy just say? (laughs) (laughs) That just happened to me this morning because I was going to use the term TO. So we were... I was texting with someone this morning about a salesperson and what was happening. And I said, he should have TO'd it to the manager. And I stopped myself because I wasn't speaking to a car person, a car, you know, retail person. Uh, I was talking to someone in the business, but I wasn't sure if they understood what TO meant. I do try as an empath. I do try to uh, make mm-hmm. sure that people, you know, I don't want to make them feel bad that they don't know what TO means. So, right. Um, TO means turnover, turnover to management for anybody non. Um, I hate that feeling too. Huh? I hate that feeling too. Just yesterday, uh, I was reading some stuff from a friend of mine, um, friend of yours, you know, James Klaus. He's recently um, joined a new company and he put out an article about OTT marketing. And I'll be honest to say, I've heard it. I've kind of, you know, seen it like ought this, ought that. And I think it's a made up term. I wasn't familiar with what it meant and I wasn't going to be the, you know, I, I just didn't want to reveal that ignorance and ask somebody, what does OTT mean? Uh-huh. So when he went through the, the article and he explained it's over the top marketing. Yeah. So now I feel like, okay, I learned something. I don't think I, I learned I think anything about up. it because it's a, a really fancy name for a commercial on streaming on Hulu and Amazon prime services yeah. with a lot of data. Now keep in mind, they got a lot of, cause they own all that data. They can, you know chart the customer journey for you and and give you all this stuff but it's still to me maybe i'm not getting no, it completely it's commercial. No. ott over the top doesn't have a lot of positive connotation to me no no <laughs> oh but so i learned something and hopefully maybe somebody else learned something not when you see people talking about art marketing it's it's over the top it's a commercial yeah and i i spend a lot of time in marketing you know, groups of people that's uh, made up. That's made up. And 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 honestly, as a strategist, you I just wanted to be part of my strategy. If you're gonna advertise on Amazon, awesome. If you're gonna advertise on Hulu, awesome. I think there's actually could be a case for that. I think sure. It, I'm not I, saying it is. But it's not over the top. It's part of your strategy. It's what? It's like I don't anyway. Like we need a, a separate name for it, is all I'm asking. Yeah. Well. How about just, you know, advertising on streaming services? <laughs> no, it doesn't sound as cool. Ought. Well, maybe you can't get as much money for it either. You know, you can, oh, maybe you can get it. some money for ought. <laughs> Sounds very <laughs> fancy. <laughs> 
here's our over the top package. Oof. Oh, you're buying this package for five grand a month? What about our over the top package? You know, if we're three grand more, we could get to the OTT over the top package. All right, back to my original thought, changing gears. So uh, this week, last couple of weeks, I've been seeing a lot of posts from a guy who I just absolutely adore, um, guy by the name of Billy Duffy, plays an uh, instrument known as a guitar for a band uh, maybe some people have heard of. Um, they went through a couple of iterations. Their lead singer, Ian Asbury, originally had a band called the Southern Death Cult. And Ian, what, what got me into them in their early days was even though they were an English band, they were they were really using a lot of imagery and, and lyrics around the the plight, if you will, of the American Indians. Um, Horse Nation, Ghost Dance. There was a lot of a lot of verbiage around the the Indians and I just I really liked their music. And then when they evolved into the Death Call when Billy Duffy came on board, I just fell in love with them. They did an EP and then Two years later came out with or a year later came out with um their first single from the cult and that's how people know of billy and, and uh, ian's band now is just the cult um they went through the death cult the southern death cult now it's just the cult and billy duffy is in my opinion one of the greatest um, guitars out of that new wave scene but i think that kind of pigeonholes him in a particular type of music but he's just a great guitarist you know overall one of the interesting things about how, you know, the degrees of separation, he was childhood friends and still best, best friends with a guy by the name of Johnny Marr, who played in a band that I didn't really like uh, called The Smiths. But Billy Duffy was also in a band. His first band was called The Nosebleeds. And do you know who the singer was in The Nosebleeds? No, I do not. Stephen. That's right. Stephen Morrissey. Oh, so he was in a band with Morrissey right. and best friends with Johnny Marr, who ended up in one of the, you could honestly say the Smiths were bigger than the cult. I mean, they were, yeah. at one point, the Smiths were freaking huge. Um, so it, it's just kind of neat how that all come about. But the reason I mentioned it is he's going to be um, here in LA in a couple of weeks with the original lineup of the cult. Yeah. Are you going to go? Uh, which was the death cult. Um, so that, 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 group that you know put out ghost dance and and horse nation moya fat man you know some great 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 songs they're gonna just do a, a, a set as the death cult and i don't think they're gonna do any of the cults later stuff are you and gonna i'll go? be honest i'm not gonna go why <laughs> i just i'm just not where is it uh la uh, a club in la small place i'm just I'm not ready to get out there, I don't think. Yeah, I hear you. Of all the people I would probably pull me out of my little shell that I've retracted into, that would maybe be them, but I don't know. I'm still mulling it over. When is that going to, when did you say that's happening? A couple weeks, I think. A couple oh, weeks. Oh. Well, COVID's been ruining. Coming back, that's what scares me. And I know um, I canceled my um, car show last weekend because of the rain. Yeah. Because we got, you know, the remnants of Hurricane <laughs> Hillary, yeah. which I knew wasn't probably going to be as bad once it got inland, but it was still a lot of rain and hot rods don't like rain. So, yeah. so the reason I mentioned that is I got like seven, eight direct messages from people that were like, don't be a wuss, man. Let's just get out there. And, you know, I'm like, really? 
Do you think I'm I'm canceling my show because I just don't give a shit? I mean, I'm trying to look out for my attendees' safety and their cars and, you know, don't like rain. And then someone went and said, you know, you canceled it during COVID because you gave in, you caved. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's tough having to, like, justify yourself for something that you really like to do anyways, you know. Mary Beth was like, are you going to go to the show? And I'm like, I'm just not ready to go. She goes, I get it. You don't want to go, don't go. You don't. Yeah, I I, definitely. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's tough when you're uh, doing things, public things and like a car show. And when you have a horse rescue that people want to come have tours, we do tours and we stopped them during COVID, but we're, we picked it back up again and uh, it's all outside. So it's not, you know, so bad, but um, true. Yeah, but some people were just like, you know, super hateful and nasty about, you know, not, and we were requiring people to be, be vaccinated if they came out because we have immune compromised people in our volunteer uh, group. So we're just not, you know, sorry. <laughs> and they're and mad. They're super mad. Sorry, you shouldn't have to, you know, people should yeah. just go, that's cool. I respect yeah. that. I'm yeah. in. But, but yeah, you One did the right thing. For you, and I think I asked you before. And you may or may not have come up with anything, but I will share. There was a band back in the day that was pretty big. And I didn't like them more because of the fans that they had. I I just didn't relate to their fan base. But lately, in the last few years, I've actually kind of really started to enjoy them. One, obviously, we talked about earlier Elvis Costello, but that's completely... different i really like elvis different Costello. in your mind somehow <laughs> <laughs> but back in the day when depeche mode was huge in the early 80s uh-huh. i was like so not a depeche mode fan and i think it had to do probably more with their fan base i just didn't relate i didn't connect i was like nope nope and the, since i didn't like the people that liked them i didn't give them any attention mm-hmm. when they would come on the radio turn it <laughs> you know i just i was that that bad but lately in the last few years i've actually kind of rediscovered them if you will and, and really kind of gotten into them that's good that's good they were on smart list you know really yeah yeah i did not know that now i'll go back and find that episode yeah. i just started oh, listening. and let me tell you sean hayes is the biggest depeche mode fan and so is will arnett well all three of them are but they were fanboying it was crazy hilarious so well so is richard blade and you know my feelings about richard blade <laughs> <laughs> yes but that comes from just being jealous i think so. yes amongst other reasons yes yes and one other thing there, I, I need so to you should listen off. to that that episode oh, with us yeah. with the with the depeche mode there it's really good it's funny how like things evolve people evolve and sometimes you don't want people to evolve right like i've evolved and learned to like Depeche Mode and, and really appreciate them musically but in other aspects like we were talking about the cult a minute ago when they got big in America after their first album they got a new producer and went back to the studio and they came out with the album Electric which was what really launched them big in America and mm-hmm. what's funny is when I heard Electric I hated it I couldn't believe that that was the same band that I had fallen in love with and reading an interview in Rolling Stone, Ian Asper was like, you know, we got to a place where we got a producer that we like, and we can really be the band that we want to be. 
which kind of told me, okay, so all this stuff that I've been enjoying up to now is just some bullshit you were putting out just to get popular so you could do this. If you're being honest now, go back to lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> but as they continued to evolve, they kind of brought back some of that original sound that I had fallen in love with. So change can be good, change cannot be good. Yeah, what a concept, what a concept. Yeah, all of them. I didn't I didn't dislike I just I didn't like hair bands, but I was more like, where can I go to a smaller club and listen to somebody that's new that, you know, isn't maybe on the radio kind of stuff. Um, I used to love that. I that that was what was so exciting about the L.A. music scene is, you know, when a band is at a club, you're hearing everything that's a thousand percent them. You know, that's that's their energy, their 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 sound by the time they get to the studio and a lot of people have a lot of things to do with it a lot of input a lot of changes maybe their first album is that stuff that they were playing in the clubs for a long time and they perfected and they got honed in maybe some of it is still left over by a second album but sometimes their third and fourth albums it's it's not anything even close to what was originally in the clubs and that's sometimes where i lose them and I always liked that freshness of the club scene. That's why I was such a fan of Al's Bar for so many years um, in the Loft District, off the the beaten path of Melrose and Sunrise. I mean, don't get me wrong, whiskey was like a second home to me, but Al's was where so many like fresh, fresh new acts were playing. And it was so intoxicating to be in that, that environment with them. I liked McCabe's was my favorite place. That's where, um, that's where the knitters started. The Knitters is a band that from X, the band X, you know, X. And uh, and then Dave Alvin from Blasters. And uh, it was just, I you know, I, I had been going there quite a bit, you know, back then. And it was like, okay, the Knitters. Wow, I never, who is that? And then I looked and I saw, wow, wait a minute. Okay, there we are. I went that and that's how I figured out who the knitters were and they ended up having an album and stuff and but like uh the plimsolls and harry dean stanton was played and just it was and it was like literally like the size of a living room <laughs> the back yeah. the back room it's a guitar shop and in the back it's just a room and they would serve lemonade and cookies you couldn't they didn't serve alcohol and the walls were covered with with uh with the guitars because they would sell out of there right but they would clear it out to have these con- concerts that were just teeny little stage and that was a fun they still do that i think ours was the warehouse it was the the first floor of uh, an apartment complex you know uh, a loft building it's like eight stories high five six stories high and it's the base floor was more like a warehouse just a a cement room with another cement room connected that was the bar and in the the main room there was just a wooden stage it was only two foot high it wasn't even really a stage so, you know, the band wasn't really high. They were just almost at eye level with everybody. You know, it was just a tiny, tiny room, super, super loud, um, social distortion, the muffs. I saw Guar in there, which with, with their whole big stage show with all the big heads. I mean, just some insane acts. It, a punk band from Seattle called Slam Suzanne that I definitely fell in love with. Um, they were just so awesome. Just all these acts that you wouldn't see anywhere else. Slam Suzanne was not getting on the stage at Gazzari's or the Whiskey or the Roxy. They were a, a, a hole-in-the-wall band for sure, but they kicked ass. They really did. Um, McCabe's is still around, in case you were wondering. I just, I'm looking at what they've got. Al's is not, sadly. It's no, a high- I remember when that closed. Building store now. 
Mm-hmm. They sell jeans that cost two thousand dollars for a pair of jeans. What? Yeah. Come on, that's crazy. Yeah. All right, this has been a good one. Uh, hopefully, some folks got some good stuff out of it. Protect your assets, right? Yeah. And digital, especially now, <laughs> it's getting really addresses bad. Are assets, right? <laughs> digital property is an asset. Yeah. And there's a lot of bad actors out there. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. All right, Kathy. Thank you for joining me today. Um, yeah. I look forward to this every single week. I appreciate yeah. all our awesome conversations and I hope somebody else does too. Me too. And uh, thanks everybody for listening and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Okay.